morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Faith FM, right across the network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson, filling in for Mon while she's away, and also joining us is Darren Pratt. Darren, welcome I to the always show. love coming in the studio. It's great to be here this morning, and bright and early. We are looking forward to the rest of what you're going to be sharing with us as we go through today's show. However, we are speaking prophetically. Yes. We're speaking it has already happened. from the future in the past. Yes. Man, we're all over the place. We're just This is the delayed broadcast, <laughs> and as we always remind you, if you are listening to the delayed broadcast and you would like to listen to the live show, there is a number of easy ways to do mm-hmm. so. One of those is to jump on the phone, call 1-800-324-843, and start lobbying to get an internet upgrade so that you can have the live radio show in your area as well, or easier still... Just listen to it on your phone. Yeah. The That's Lyle's so advice. Oh, absolutely. Because you have to actually get to call in for the quiz. And yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we get people who call in for the quiz with the answer, and it's the correct answer for yesterday's quiz or last week's quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oops, you're uh, listening to the whoops. delayed broadcast. You missed it. It's already gone. But we have free giveaways. We have uh, lots of interaction, all kinds of good things. We have the news. We have the weather. It's so much better on the live show. And uh, you can stay up to date with... And, and the news stories are not out of date yes. on the live show. This is this is the real stuff. This so, is the current stuff. Uh, you can listen to it on your phone, faithfm.com.au, press play, or use the TuneIn radio app. Make sure you get the free version. Make Faith FM one of your favourites, and then just listen to it in your car that way through, mm-hmm. the, uh, through your hands-free, your Bluetooth, your aux cord, your tape insert, however it might be, or in your truck, or in your tractor, or in your bulldozer, or whatever it is that you are driving, or in your <laughs> workshop. Uh, or just through your, just put your, in your ear, office, laying in bed at home, in your office, <laughs> laying in bed at home. Yes, if you're so inclined, you know. Yes, indeed. Okay, but coming up in today's show, Lawson, what have, we got some great stories. We coming got up. some awesome stuff. We've we got, got Darren here. Got da- Darren, always good when Darren's here. We've got Mon calling in from from Kenya. She's going to yes, give us a call. That's amazing. What she's doing over there is absolutely awesome. It's going to oh. be good to hear where she's up to. Yeah. No, she, she, the stories okay. today, it's legit. So you better tune in. We're going to get some good stuff. Live radio from Africa every day until we actually take the full entire show over there and Ooh. go live. Ooh. And I want to have a chat about Glet- that Gillette had. You know, okay. That Darren, Darren is going Here to push the button. Here we go. Here it goes. <laughs> now, while I was away um, in holidays, working, whatever else I was doing, that came on quite controversial. Let's talk about it. Okay, let's bring it. Okay, that's all coming up in today's show, Book of Revelation. So much more. Stay tuned.
Welcome back, guys. That was Keith and Kristen Getty. Quite the toe-tapping yeah, tune there this morning right. to wake us up on a Monday morning at the beginning of the week. Now, normally we have the uh, first clue for the quiz right now, but we have Mon on the phone. Mon, welcome to the show from Kenya in Africa. Jumbo, how's it going, guys? <laughs> going great, Mon. <laughs> we just wanted to give That's this... That's not me calling you... <laughs> That's not me calling you fat, by the way. That's how you say hello. <laughs> now, I know that. I know that. And the reason I know that is because when I was a kid, I used to read Jungle Doctor stories. So if anybody remembers reading Paul oh, White yes. Jungle Doctor stories, give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and tell us your memories of reading those stories. But that's why I know what you just said. Did- yeah, yeah I, was, I was just sitting here like, man, I started going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of the famous phrases that Australians know um, from Africa, stuff like Akuna Matata and Asante Sana, all that kind of stuff is actually Swahili, so it actually comes out of Kenya. So I'm doing all right here with the language. So nice. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Nice. How long have you been there for now? Because last time Look, we, I arrived- we, we tried to call you on Friday, but we didn't get through, so, you know. It was worth a crack. Yeah, no, I I did arrive on Thursday night and, um, well, Thursday afternoon, but and drive out to the region that I'm in. And so, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. yeah we, we so, got to. Um, it took about five hours to drive out here. So, it was, it was Thursday night, um, quite late when we got in finally. So, Friday was like a like a preparation day, not just, you know, in the terms of Sabbath, but also just in terms for the project. So, we were driving around buying up medications that we weren't allowed to bring into the country that we had to acquire while we were here and packing the, the service van, all that kind of stuff. Saturday, we went to church. It was really amazing. And then... Yesterday, um, for you guys, or still today for me, <laughs> uh, we had our first actual mission trip day. So it was just mind blowing. Okay, so tell us all about it. Give, build build a word picture for us of uh, of of what happened. Okay, so first of all, you jump in the van. There's a team of five of us Mzungas, we're called, which is what they call white people here. <laughs> and uh, and then we have several different um, actual local Kenyan team members, and they sort of revolve, uh, revolve a bit like who we work on, uh, work with which day. And we'll jump in the van in the morning and we'll drive maybe like up to an hour or more out of the Nakuru city area. Nakuru is a, is a city as well as a district. So we drive basically out in the bush, essentially. And then out in the bush, we'll be at most likely a Seventh-day Adventures church, which yesterday was basically, <laughs> this was really funny. It was a, a church that was made out of a mud floor, tin ceiling and walls. And then the whole structure was supported by just bits of wood, but then throughout the um the church structure, there were these signs saying, please turn off your mobile phones. <laughs> We're sitting in a tin mud hut, but everyone has to turn off the phone. So, yeah, so that'll host the, the bulk of it. So, in there, we have um, a couple of nurses stations, a makeshift pharmacy, um, and then outside of the, of the main building there'll be a couple of sort of larger marquee tents that are quite short um but still room enough to house about 20 people and in the two tents is where they do the entry part so they'll have um people doing uh entry questions like you know how much do they weigh how old are they what's their um blood pressure and and those kind of things so do you have to do you have to set the tents up when you get there 
Yes, absolutely. And uh, we set the tents up, um, and then we set up this one huge, big speaker, and uh, and then some local whiz kid, you know, with his phone, will plug in uh, some Kenyan music, and then this is this is hilarious to me. They'll get this speaker and they'll aim it over the fields, and like you look around and there's like nothing. There's nothing to see, and they just set okay. This so wait, 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 wait. Let me back up. Let me back up. So we've got a church that's kind of in the middle of nowhere that's made out of tin and middle of wood. nowhere. And mm-hmm. you just pitch some tents and point this speaker at the bush. Yep. And point this speaker at the bush. And then we start pumping out Kenyan music. I'm not even sure what kind of, if it's Christian or not. I have no idea. I mean, it's really, it's really, um, um, it's quite fun because it's all about the, the African vibe and the African rhythm and you're sitting and you're bopping along. But they just pump this music out over the fields and they have some kid on a microphone in between songs. You'll hear him say something, something, doctor, something, something, doctor. <laughs> and then out of the bush, people just appear. And it's just a crazy thing. And these, these mums come with these babies strapped to their backs and they're balancing stuff on their heads and these little kids, you know, in their rags and those shoes and their dirty faces just come out of the woodwork. And then before you know it, you have like a several hundred people um, just lining up and ready to get free medical, medical services. And then we start getting busy. So they come in the tents. They, they do a little slip of paper. They answer, you know, their name, age, they get weighed, they get their blood pressure taken. And then they come in and they get seen to by a nurse or a doctor who basically um, will tell them, they'll tell them their ailments and then the doctor or the nurse will write down what it is they have, like a diagnosis and then also a prescription. Do you have, do you have some people who come back. through that don't actually have anything wrong with them? They just want to be part of the experience? Oh, yes. We have a big problem with that with the glasses. So we do spectacles as well. Um, and the spectacles have just been donated by Australians who don't, you know, the, their old glasses really they don't need anymore. <laughs> And, um, and one of them, like a nurse will notice that someone can't read or something um, because the words are fuzzy. And, uh, and so they're like, I think you need spectacles. So they'll send them over to the corner where the glasses are. And so there's one person, you know, with glasses on and suddenly they're able to read and they'll be like so happy and they'll run out to their village. The next thing, you know, a whole bunch of people come, oh, I want glasses too. Oh, I want glasses too. But they, they don't need them. <laughs> they just think it's fashionable. <laughs> so, yeah, we, ha- we have to be very careful with, with actually that problem. So yeah, do you have placebo um, placebo glasses that you can get them to try on? That would be a good idea, but I don't think we do. I think all the ones we um have are actually real real ones. But placebo would have been a great great solution to that problem because sometimes the kids the kids get on the bandwagon with the glasses yesterday we actually had a problem with this one kid who was um <laughs> he'd been doing the rounds trying to get a toy out of all the different staff members because like sometimes we'll have you know a packet of tennis balls or something in our pocket and we can hand them out but he was <laughs> trying to get as many goodies as he could and uh and then he got onto the glasses he did actually need them but um he really was a, a bit of a kingpin amongst the kids and so once he had a pair, oh, they all wanted a pair. And it's so hard to turn them down. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so when you go to a location, how long do you spend? Do you spend all day just in that one location? Will you go back there again tomorrow? No, we don't go back to that one again tomorrow. So for the most part, it is like a one-day pop-up clinic and then we do move on. But I have heard that I think maybe next week we're going to a location that is so remote um, that when it's impossible for us to go there and come back on the same day. So we will actually be overnighting and spending two days there. So wow. for the most part, it is one day. Yeah. 
which camping, is camping in the African jungle. Yeah, so this is yeah, going to be Mon exactly. versus Wild. And do you know what? <laughs> like, I just want the listeners to know how much I love them because right now I'm standing outside at 11 p.m. at night, braving the mosquitoes <laughs> to make this call so I don't wake up the whole entire hotel. So yeah, Mon is already braving the wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's already Mon yeah, versus so- Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it, it was it is pretty sad because um, even today um, we had all we had we had the van already packed up, ready to go back home, and uh, and you know and a, and, a, and a young man turned up. Um, uh, we had everything already put away, and he turned up, and he's like, "I need spectacles, please help me. I have a problem with my eye, one of my eyes I can't see," and um, it's just heartbreaking because at that point everything's packed away already. <clears throat> so I did have to lead him to one of the one of the local nurses who could speak uh, Swahili to see if she could sort him out. But there is that element of like at some point you do have to start turning people away so you can actually pack up and go home. So yesterday we saw 155 patients, um, which apparently is on the low side because it was a Sunday and people were at church. Like Catholicism is really big here. Um, but we expect to have days where we see up to 500 patients. So, yeah. Wow. And now, how did you all feel after a day like that? You've driven for, what, a, a, a fair old distance, set everything up, pulled everything down, driven back again. By the time you get back to your accommodation, how are you feeling? Lyle, I have to tell you, I think you would love the driving part because, like, it's when we go out to the, these re- remote locations, it's all like four-wheel driving and we're doing it in a van that's not made for four-wheel driving at all. So it's pretty bumpy and rough. Um, I was I was pretty amped. It was like my first day of what I, f- I guess I feel like was my first ever proper mission trip experience. Um, but the rest of the team was so wiped. <laughs> they all went to bed at 8 o'clock. So. <laughs> oh, and by the way, what time is it in uh, Kenya right now? It is uh, just after 11 p.m. Which so, is, yeah, is, is rather like, late I, at night for a breakfast show host. Yes, and I have to tell you, I've been keeping up my 4 a.m. Um, ritual because I just don't want to get out of the habit and get back to Australia and have to start again with my <laughs> morning morning routine. So, yeah, I'm doing the 4 a.m. So, yeah, right now is um, pretty late for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mon, it's been great having you uh, giving sharing your Monrog, your, your Mon uh, radio log this morning. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to talking to you again tomorrow morning. Can I just ask for prayer because I'm having an allergic reaction to my malaria pills and I have to come off them. So I now have to survive a whole month in Kenya without any malaria medication. So I just want to beg our listeners to please keep me in prayer because I'm going malaria medication free. Okay, we will all definitely be praying for you, Mon, uh, as you brave the mosquitoes there in Kenya. That was Mon with her uh, daily update from the first of her daily updates from uh, Kenya in Africa. And right now we have Lady Smith Black Mambazo. King of Kings, before you, Father, asking for peace in the rest of the country. Out of rotten before you, Father, appealing, asking for peace in the rest of the country. Our Father, our Father, we are asking. 
Back to Faith FM. You're joined here this morning on the the Double L Show, the Lyle and Lawson team bringing up the reins. We just heard an awesome interview from from Monica, who's currently over in Kenya doing her work over there, serving the mission. Um, but man, then was followed up by the man. We just transported King to of Africa, Kings. King of Kings. There you go, <laughs> all the way from Africa. 
Absolutely. So we've got a bit of an African theme uh, over the next uh, month or so as Mon brings us her daily updates. We promised you radio mm. from Africa, and this morning you get radio from Africa until we go to yeah. Ethiopia, where we bring you the entire show from Oof. Ethiopia. Oh. Ooh. Have the whole team Man. there, Lawson. Everyone's the going to be there. there. It's going to be amazing. All right, what do you got for the next clue for the quiz? Okay, so our next clue for the quiz, it's a Who Am I quiz. Mm-hmm. And of course, this will be the first clue for the quiz as we are starting right now. So this is a Who Am I quiz. And the first clue is, I said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Ooh. Ooh, the gears are turning. The gears are turning, and he is correct. Yep. So, if you know who that is, of course you can jump on your phone, look up, look up that reference, find it. Yeah, but, but just, but just be do it, smart. Do it and, old and, school. Do it old school. <laughs> look up in your Bible. Do some Bible study. <laughs> And, of course, you can claim a prize. But right now, we are coming into some current events, some current news. What's going on around okay, so the world? Okay, this is news that just um, seems to refuse to get out of the news. We've been talking about this, uh, on a, sharing reports on this on a number of occasions, and uh, dentist association across Australia, and particularly here in the Hunter, um, Hunter region this time around, are coming out against sugary drinks, mm-hmm. which have gone completely out of control over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly young children and males. And what they're noticing is that even toddlers are being given sugary drinks in their bottles. Wow. Uh, this is this is a disaster from a number of different health messages and health uh, health, health issues that uh, are coming up as a result of it. But they are targeting soft drinks, mm-hmm. sports drinks, energy drinks, fruit drinks, and cordial. And what you might not realize is that some of those fruit drinks that we think, oh, this is going to be good for me, this is going to be healthy because it's a fruit drink. Well, if you actually look at it, it has a minuscule amount of fruit in it, Mm. a lot of fruit flavoring, and a massive dose of sugar. And so they're looking at uh, two different areas uh, that are actually causing the problem. And one is a socioeconomic issue. So they're finding that people who are poor and who obviously can't afford... Uh, sugary drinks who should be buying actually nutritious food with the little money that they have are spending it on sugary drinks mm-hmm. and this is a this is an education issue where we find that uh, people who do not have uh, the money spend the money that they do have on things that they don't need mm-hmm. or that are actually harmful for them and the other is advertising they're finding that advertising is targeting young males and the reason that advertising is targeting young males with sugary drinks is that of course young males are the ones who think that they're bulletproof you know 10 feet tall and bulletproof so um Lawson story of my life story of his life except yeah. i definitely know that i'm not 10 foot tall <laughs> like just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lawson is not as even as tall as I am. But anyway, um, and also because the young males are not as concerned about weight gain and mm. body image, that kind of thing. And so the advertising companies have gone, you know what, we're going to get them addicted. And uh, the highest rates of use of sugary drinks are males between 12 and 14. And as a result of that, you're getting a lot of young men who are losing their teeth before mm-hmm. they are 20 years old. But dental problems are dental disasters, I should say, are only just the start. Of course, these are linked with uh, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, stroke, um, problems with getting pregnant, uh, obviously, you know, amongst young women, um, obesity, 
and this is basically the new smoking. This is this mm. is um, this along with sitting is the new smoking that we need to really really be uh, concentrating on. Of course, they're calling for a twenty percent increase in price. Mm-hmm. So basically, people who are addicted to sugary drinks pay for their own death or pay for the, their own uh, dental work. But they are also hoping that that will um, reduce the. Um, you know the the health problems that we have in society by reducing the amount of sugary drinks that poorer people are buying. Now, another thing that they are pushing for is mandatory mandatory restrictions of these drinks in schools, government institutions, children's sports, and children's any areas where lots of children gather together. Mm-hmm. So, mandatory just ban sugary drinks from these areas and provide free water. So your 20% increase in price levy can go towards providing free water so that people actually drink water, which is really, really good for them. <laughs> now, the crazy thing is, Lawson, I mean, you don't have kids, but I've had kids. And when you've got kids, they're a, when you have kids, they're a, they are a blank slate. They will learn to like what you give them. You mm-hmm. give them water to drink and they're like, oh, this is so great. This is water. Yeah. You give them their first sugary drink and they never want to drink water again. Yeah. And so, putting sugary drinks into a kid's bottle, I mean, how insane is that? You know, children shouldn't be introduced to sugar until they are introduced to it at an older age and at an age where you can actually explain that this is a treat, this is something for a special occasion, this is a small thing we have, you know, as a dessert at the end of the meal or something like that. Um, There is no necessity whatsoever at all for, you know, babies, toddlers, um, young children to have sugar in any any shape or form. How can you, like, I I can't even remember back that far. Like, how would it affect me in the slightest, like, in terms of my my mood or anything, whether I'm drinking a sugary drink, like, you're... You're just setting someone up for failure from the get-go. Yeah, that's right. You're setting, setting them up for addiction. And uh, I know with... Uh, I can't remember back that far, but I know when my children were small, we didn't introduce them to sugar until they're like five years old or something mm-hmm. or other. You know, until you could actually yeah. sit down and explain this is this is something that uh, is, is kind of special. So, I think ultimately it just comes from... In, in all areas, just a lack of education on like what is good and like what do we need to do. And, and, and you know, lack of education is a very broad term because it's like, oh, we can educate someone and then they just don't do it anyway. But it's... I don't know. I, this, I think the solution here is just the constant spreading of this information that hey this stuff is bad for you that's right and we need to we need to attack this in the same way that we attacked smoking mm. and it's good to see that the government at least because because these triggery drinks are coming from companies who want to make money that's by right. getting people addicted they are to their not product interested in your health and so it's good to see the government at least you know increasing the price of something you know legislatively well, we're hoping they will um it's kind of a win-win situation for anyone, everyone oh, of course, because the, go- the government get more money yeah. um, and, you know, it decreases the, the the rate of addiction because of the price. And, that's right. And so it, that's, it helps people make wise choices. So, that's good. So, yep. I'm like, yep, yeah, all for it. A win-win all the way around. Uh, another news story, uh, Vic- the state of Victoria is looking to be the first state in Australia to ban gay conversion therapy. What's your thoughts on this one, Lord? Oh, okay. <laughs> gay conversion Let's therapy. throw him in the deep end right here. Yeah, look, I think um, I, I've personally never, like, met anyone who has gone through gay conver- conversion therapy conversion therapy but i know a number of people um i have a number of friends who have 
gone through periods of their life, you know, through homosexuality, essentially. And they've come out the other side of that. Like, really? Like, yeah. without gay conversion therapy? This with, is honestly- one of the things that I, th- I find interesting because, um, you know, they say this is bigoted quackery ma- masquerading as healthcare. Mm-hmm. I've known a couple of people who have gone through um, versions of gay conversion therapy. I've looked at the therapy and gone, yeah, that's quackery. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Um, I've never seen any gay conversion therapy that I've felt comfortable with. But on the other hand, what you say is very true. You know, um, people do, you know, move from one orientation to another. Mm -hmm. And to deny that that takes place is, uh, would be incorrect. And so the thing that there's, there's two things that worry me. First of all, if you, if you ban something like this, are you trying to ban people from, you know, making changes that they want to change? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're t- told that, that gender, for instance, uh, as an example, is fluid and that mm-hmm. there are, so far, they've been able to identify 76 genders. I mean, how insane is that? Um, but the bigger question that I have here is the danger that it poses to religious liberty because these, this kind of legislation has a history of going too far and introducing laws that affect what you say in church mm-hmm. and affect what verses from the Bible you read. Yeah. And affect um, you know how your church and church institutions function, and of course we've got uh, that that's going to be front and centre to the upcoming election uh, this year. So something to uh, keep an eye on for sure, and uh, see how it all goes and turns out over the next few uh, weeks and months.
Welcome back, guys. That was Bethany Dillon with Satisfy here on Faith FM. Lawson, give us a clue for the quiz. Oh, yes. Clue for the quiz. Again, this is a Who Am I quiz, and we know that Lyle already knows who it is, so no double prizes up for grabs today. But our next clue is, I was fishing with Peter and the others when Jesus appeared and said, Friends, haven't you any fish? Ooh. Ooh, so this gives Ooh. us time periods, this gives us chapters, this gives us everything. So if you're out there and you want a prize and you know who this is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. That's a harder, that's a harder clue than the first one. I don't think so. Like, you know, the first clue being, I said, Rabbi, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You do some corroborative Bible study. Oh, you know, get, yeah. all, get all your You're things right. going. Which one, which one of those, Darren, which one of those clues do you reckon is the easy one? The first one or the second number one? Number one. Yeah, that's the, that's easy, the easy one. one. You get if, it straight away. If, I'd have, if, if number two, <laughs> if number two had been the first one, I would have been like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wrong order, wrong order. <laughs> yep. Ah, well. Hey, Darren, welcome to the show again. Hey, good to be back. My first day back after holidays. Fantastic. Now, Darren, you have to tell us, uh, of course, um, just a, a reminder here, Darren is one of our regulars on Faith FM, and uh, Darren deals with all, thing to do, all things to do with children. Children and family. Yes, children and me. family. That's, uh, that's his area of expertise and ministry and uh, a lifetime's worth of experience in that. So, Darren, what did you get up to on your holidays? Well, speaking of children, um, that's where I've been. I headed up just for Christmas, waiting for Christmas to Stewart's Point, um, Yarra Happening there, and um, had a junior summer camp for juniors. Okay. 130 kids. So what age bracket is that? That's kids aged um, 10... 10 to 12. 10 to 12? So yeah, and you had 130 of those. 130 of those running around, plus staff. So <laughs> I imagine that kept you rather busy. So you had, you've, uh, now let me just back up here again a second. I did ask you what you did during your holidays. That oh, does not right. sound like a holiday. <laughs> no, well, um, that wasn't holidays. That was okay. work. And then I had more work during Christmas and after Christmas. I started holidays mid-January. Okay, all right. And so, actually, so tell us about tell us about your work. Tell us about your work then. Well, um, after we finished um, junior camp up there on the, the beaches there, right at Yarra Happen, a beautiful spot in the rainforest there, um, we, I then headed off Christmas Day, had Christmas lunch, and then drove down to Molesworth in Victoria, which is just... Near Mansfield, out there towards um, where you go snow skiing out there. Ooh, nice part of the world. Yes, beautiful part. Very hot, very dry. Um, we had 44 degrees. So what we did, well, this is, this is an amazing thing. We hired or rented a 100-acre paddock, and we um, built facilities, built a city there for 3,000 um, what we call pathfinders, aged 10 to 16 year old kids. So Pathfinder is basically kind of like Scouts. A bit like Scouts, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's like a camporee for all of those coming once every four years and they all come to get them all over Australia and spent a week um, running around the paddock. That is amazing. Now, was it just like a flat square piece of paddock or was there, uh, did you have a river or dams or anything like that? There was, there was a Goulburn River runs around this paddock, but we weren't allowed to use it because it's highly dangerous, flows really fast, lots of submerged logs and holes and things, so we had to fence the whole river off. Uh-huh. Um, but luckily we had to pump water into the dams on the property and did activities based around the dams. Oh, okay, so what kind, what kind of activities did you do based around the dams? Uh, well, there was one activity where they... Um, well, basically it was all based on the life of Paul. The whole week was based on the life of Paul. 
So each activity was something to do with that, which was a fun way of um, acting out what Paul might have done, his journey and, and the things he did. And so there's things like um, Malta, where they had a ship that was um, sinking and they had to do things to get off the ship, and like Paul did. And <laughs> so, so did you sink a ship in one of, the, one of these dams? Not quite. But, um, but yeah, it's amazing what they've done there to set the whole thing up. And another um, area was... Um, Mission Impossible, where they they had to um, basically get through an obstacle course and imagine what Paul might have done as he um, went through the, these obstacles. And a mini Olympics, which was um, another activity where they did different things in the Olympics, which was around during Paul's time. The, the well, Paul spoke about the Olympics and spoke yes. about running the race and, and, and used very yeah. much Olympic terminology in a number of places in his letters. Lots of that one called The Journey, where um, they basically had to climb the dam wall, which is quite steep, with a bottle of water and try not to spill it and get it into um, a big tub and fill it up. Um, lots of mud and water involved in that one. And a tomato fight at the end. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just wondering, what does the tomato have fight have to do with the journey of I wasn't, Paul? I, I asked them, but they, they weren't quite sure. A lot of <laughs> we weren't, weren't quite so clear on that one. <laughs> but yeah, lots of mud and water. Um, have you ever been to uh, Tamatia in Spain, where they have the massive annual... Yes, well, that was, this was very reminiscent of that. <laughs> <laughs> cans and cans of tomatoes. I got them cheap somewhere. <laughs> A <laughs> bulk price. By the end of the day, um, that that field was actually just red um, from like three thousand people going through the activity, which is red with tomatoes all okay, over. Okay, so you've got three thousand people living in a paddock in uh, Molesworth. Let me just. So you're in tents, right? Yes, it's all tents, and it's forty four degrees. Forty four degrees, very hot. How do you survive that? Did you have any kids that struggled with the heat and and had we, to we have had medical um, full medical facilities there on site as well. Um, Sydney Adventist Hospital supplies um, medical people free of charge for that time period to keep an eye on them. We had no major incidents, a few broken ankles and fingers and things, um, a suspected snake bite, but uh, um, nothing major. So so it was good. Yeah, I mean, averages out of, uh, are that you've got 3,000 kids, you know, something's going to go wrong because kids do break stuff. Yeah. That's yep. part, of, part of being a kid and part of roaring around and having a great time is that uh, stuff's going to get broken. So... Th- <laughs> So there was some heat exhaustion, but um, we made sure that we had a lot of water um, during the day with the activities so that they were um, both hydrated inside and out, um, and that um, kept them pretty well cool. And being in Victoria, did did the heat hang in there overnight like it does up here? Well, no, actually, um, it was really hot during the day, and... By about 10, 11, it began to cool off. You go to sleep. Right. Um, it cooled down. Yeah. Um, but you knew that the strongest heat was about 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. was when the strongest heat hit. Um, right. So, yeah, that was when you really had to make sure that you were um, on the ball with with um, hydration. Wow. Um, sounds, like a, sounds like a massive adventure there, Darren, and something that if uh, you as a listener today have uh, children within these age brackets, definitely get your kids involved in. I know we just started a Pathfinder Club in Maitland. They had an, their second meeting yesterday, um, and it's growing. Every, every meeting we have, it grows uh, with more you know, kids joining up and just having a great time, just a fantastic it's time. It's amazing to see there was no um, electronics there, of course, because I couldn't have their mobile phones. It was amazing to see kids just having fun, and and you can see them actually detoxifying, but by day one, yeah, worry. But by day two, three, they were really into it, 
and um, digital detox. Just just having fun without a phone, running around the paddock, um, doing activities, night programs. Um, yeah, there's doing, doing the kind of things that kids used to do. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Break a leg or two, there's no issue with that, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so because yeah. we've all been there and done that and survived it. That's right, that's right. And so it's well worth getting involved in. Um, right around the country, you'll find a Pathfinder Club. Um, if you Google it, you'll find where they are. Yes. Um, if your kid's age 10 to 40, both boy or girl, um, get them involved or get involved as a parent, as a staff member too. We always want staff members. Um, it is just an awesome way to have fun and to learn what it means, just allow kids to be kids. And from a spiritual perspective, um, what was the result of these camps? Obviously, you know, we're interested in people's um, eternal welfare and not just, you know, their present welfare. Yeah, um, night program was huge. Um, we had a big stage set up and a huge um, backdrop um, based around a drama. Um, there was a book written for the just for the campery, um, and based on again the life of Paul in a modern way. And that was acted out each night. And we had a speaker come from the states that spoke and a call for baptism. We had eight baptized on the last day, um, but we had. Over three hundred decisions for baptism. Wow! Mm, um, praise God. So, so that was fantastic. So, so yeah, the, the aim is to give the kids a clear picture of Jesus and who Jesus is. That, that's no doubt. These three hundred that have made decisions for baptism. How important is it that uh, these people, are, they, these young people, are followed up now? I mean, they're just kids, right? Is it? Is it? Um... <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> I've pressed the rent button. <laughs> the four to fourteen window is the most significant window. Um, or opportunity for these for anybody to make a decision for Christ, eighty percent of all decisions made are made between the ages of four and fourteen. Um, mm. So it's in, crucial that we as a church. That's why we do summer camps. That's why we do these big camperies because we want to make sure that these kids are given that opportunity um, right when the spirit's working. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so that was uh, uh, junior camp, uh, Pathfinder camp. Anything else? Anything else that you um, did before you took some holiday time? Um, I can't remember. I, I, I <laughs> it was all I, sort of blurred together. I drove home exhausted, and <laughs> then then spent a couple of weeks just home renovating, putting a floor down um, in my bedroom, which was quite interesting. I've never done that before. A laminated floor. Yep. Um, I learned on the job and, and got it done. <laughs> um, a bit yeah. frustrating. Our marriage is still intact. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting times learning how it's to do It's amazing that. how stressful renovations can be on a marriage. I think I think that's the most stressful thing we ever do. This is just the beginning, so I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but we survived, and we're quite happy with what the end result. And, and this is a historic house. Goes back uh, what to the 1800s or something. Yeah, this is um, house was owned by one of our Adventist pioneers, S.N. Haskell, one of the first houses in Kurrumbong. So it's over 100 years old. Thankfully, it's not listed historically because um, the Pasco family that he bought the property. When they had an extra boy, they had five boys, they just put a hole in the wall and another room went on. So it's a ramshackle <laughs> house um, that Lisa, my wife, I'm quite proud to be the custodian of. So so we're doing it up. Um, I said I tried to demolish it, but she said, no, it's too important to her. So yep. we're doing it up. Yeah, fantastic. That's <laughs> awesome. That's, that's, that's great. A couple of minutes left. We, uh, you, wanted to, you, you did some posts. Um, you, you've been... You're a social media influencer. Let's talk about let's talk about the uh, let's let's raise an issue that hasn't been around for a week or two. Let's bring it back again. Um, the ad wars. 
Yes, yes. Gillette. So while, while I was on holidays, I've kept an eye on social media, and of course, Gillette um, put out a advertisement, if you like, or as a well, it was an ad. It has yes. to be an ad. That's it was what it an is. ad. They're, they're trying to make ad. money. Yeah, yeah. It's about selling a product, and for those that haven't been on social media, it caused an absolute furor of those supporting it and those not supporting it. Um, and, yeah, I posted it and copped a lot of flack for posting it. Um, <laughs> but that's all right, because um, I actually thought the ad said some good things and actually started a conversation, which I think is pretty mm. important. There you go. But that, and that's Okay, so Lawson? Yeah. You have some thoughts on this one as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's good. I have, I have so, somewhat so, of a so, formed so Darren, opinion. Darren saw the ad. He liked the ad. It yeah. raises – obviously, this is an ad um, that is talking about issues of uh, of – masculinity particularly toxic masculinity yes and um and how that men you know need to be better men <clears throat> lawson your thoughts on it okay so from my perspective i i think the ad like the 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 sentiment of the ad and, and how it was put across was was relatively good i was like yeah this, this is all right the first time i watched it i'm like i watched it from the context of like everyone's going crazy about an ad so i gotta watch this ad what's it all about and um, what Colette wants. <laughs> uh, I, I watched this ad and i was like yeah it's not too bad this is a bunch of free advertising yeah right here <laughs> once again this morning but the the problem i have with the ad is that it's coming from a multinational corporation who we're there to make money, essentially, and and they're trying to put out a statement on 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 morality, right? Yep. While at the same time, Gillette was recently caught sourcing palm oil <laughs> from people who knowingly use child slave labor and are heavily into deforestation. Oh. And so I'm so I stand here with the perspective of like, oh yeah, sweet, the like like someone talking about how bad toxic masculinity is. Like, okay, cool, like it, it's good to have children. a conversation. It's good to have yeah. all those things but at the same time it's not coming from the, the the pinnacle you could say of morality so i'm just like this was just to sell raises <laughs> like some hypocrisy like, that's it i would agree with you to some extent um and of course this is all about selling a product in the end mm-hmm. yes. and obviously they've got their marketers and someone in that department said this is a good way to get a conversation happening and to get our name out there and they say um any news is good news yep. when it comes to marketing. So mm-hmm. everybody's saying they were Galette. I mean, everybody is. Um, a lot of them saying they won't buy Galette anymore, but that's, <laughs> we'll see how that works. Okay, so Darren, quick question. Um, did you see the uh, the eGuard or the AGuard watch ad as well? Yes, people the are talking watches as well. <laughs> the response. And the issue is it's, it's all consumerism. It's, it's all consumerism. So it's... Um, it's, um, <laughs> it's it's actually, um, yeah, selling their product too. So a lot of people are buying watches today. Lots of people are talking about Galette. Um, but my thing is that lots of people are talking about what it means to be masculine, mm-hmm. what it means to be male, and what it means to be a good male. I think that's that's an important conversation to have, even if yes. it is in, in a commercial, consumeristic type of sense. Yes. So, mm. so Darren shared his perspective. Lawson shared his perspective. Here comes mine. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> the first time I watched the ad, at a gut level, I didn't like it, but I couldn't figure out why. And I'm like, why don't I like this ad? Because I am passionately against. Um, you are. You've talked about it before. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, I did watch it kind of early in the morning um, while I was sitting on the loo. Uh, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> you know? Before you came to work, <laughs> still half asleep before I came to work. Um, 
And then I uh, so so, but then I, I just sort of dropped it and thought, yeah, no, you know, the, we, nobody likes toxic masculinity. This is something that I I'm, I'm passionately against. Um, I, I hate I hate toxic masculinity. I look, need to look at this from a um, an intellectual level and not from an emotional level. But I could not understand why my emotions were negatively impacted by it. And then I was... And many men were, by the way. Many yeah, and what I found was that many men who are passionately against violence against women, abusive women, at an emotional level, didn't like the ad. And so that, that raised a bunch of question marks in my mind. Why are my friends, who I know where they stand, coming out and making these very strong statements on Facebook against the ad? What's your thoughts on that one, Darren? Yeah, well, I think um, masculinity is a pretty sensitive thing, um, in my opinion. And and the, the last, um, I guess, 30, 40 years, there's been a real strong push against masculinity, I'm going to put it that way. In some ways, um, men don't know what it means to be men anymore. And so when you've got something like this company um, having a go at men, I think it's going to hit a, a raw point. Um, and, and men have copped a raw deal over the past number of years, but and, and I agree with that. But at the same time, I also say that I've seen and I've sat in the gutter with um, women who have been really, really mm. hurt by, by toxic men. I wouldn't call it toxic masculinity. That's the other term. I think that sometimes people are calling it toxic masculinity. I don't see it as, as an ad about toxic masculinity. Um, I see it as an ad about toxic men, and, and there's a big right. difference. That's, and that's an important difference, Darren. I'm glad you highlighted that. Because you know, we as as we know, you can have toxic men, you can have toxic women. It's about yeah. toxic humanity, and in this case, particularly looking at toxic men. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point that you've raised there. Um, that was, um, but yeah, that was my that was my emotional response. I did go back and watch it another three times after that. Just I to did try and too after I saw the funeral. I said, "Well, am I missing something here?" And, I, and yeah. yeah, I think I maybe I am. But with the work I do and the the stories I hear, I mean, one. One woman every week in Australia um, is killed by someone who is close to them. Often it's a male. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really sad. That that's, that's epidemic mm. proportions in our country. Yeah. That I mean, we talk about shark attacks, and that's not very <laughs> often at all. This is, this is every week. Or snake week. bites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is every week, and, yeah. and more sometimes, where, where our women are, are, being, are being killed by... by a male, mm, um, mm. and that is just sad statistics to think about. Yeah, and we, what's we, gone we, into we must we must fight against that at all costs. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, I think that um, I think both of these ads, the Egard ad and the um, Gillette ad, I would encourage our listeners to go and watch both ads yep. because they both highlight some really important issues in relationship to men, um, and you know how that men you know, one highlighting the value of men. The other highlighting the, um, the the danger of toxic men. Yeah, and I think what it's calling us to do, in my opinion, is what I've got to add, is calling us to, hey, when you see something occurring that makes you not feel right, um, when when men are being toxic, um, let's call it out. Yeah. Correctly mm. um, shout it, enough is enough. Absolutely. Anyway, we're going to move on with uh, our show today. This is Ron and Patty Valent, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. Let not your heart be troubled, ye believe in God. Let not your heart be troubled, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, 
prepare a place for you If I go and prepare a place for you I will come again Let not your heart be troubled Ye believe in God Let not your heart be troubled Believe also in me In my Father's house are many mansions If it were not so